We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. The Olympics are here. Go America! Go America. I'm excited. I love the Olympics, particularly the Summer Olympics, since there is the Winter Olympics, too. Yeah, Winter Olympics, I feel like the only thing I really enjoy is ice skating. Or skiing can get interesting, too. When they jump off the... What's it called? The slopes? I don't know. The big ramps? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Now they do some pretty cool stuff for the Winter Olympics. But But summer, you kind of want to see a little bit of everything. Yeah, and it's just in the winter. It's not as exciting. Summer, everyone's... Winter is beautiful in its own right. I I do enjoy winter, but we've talked about I love summer. You do. Summer is the the best holiday. Summer seems a little more beast mode-ish. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with just like there's heat and you're working hard. And, well, and I, I feel a little more connection to the Summer Olympics. Like when I watch the Winter Olympics, I know like I can't do any of that shit right. that any of these athletes are doing. At right. least when I'm watching the Summer Olympics, like, okay, I hop in a pool. Yeah. No, I'm not a professional swimmer, but I can swim some laps. Yeah. Jump over a, a few hurdles. I, I play a little bit of basketball. Like, yeah. I, I, I can I can get down with it. I love the beach. I don't know. It just seems a little more relatable. Because my black ass has not been on a mountain in the snow doing any type of sports. So maybe that's just where the disconnect comes with the Winter Olympics. Fair enough. What's your favorite? I'm a big fan of swimming. I yeah. really enjoy swimming. Michael Phelps is a beast. Yeah. His fifth Olympics. I'm telling you, every time I get in a pool, I just want to be like Mr. Phelps. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Phelps. Like, I, I could that be is like Mike. so much respect. I, man, Michael Phelps is a beast, though. Mr. Phelps. I like that. So I'm, I'm hoping he, he repeats and, and goes for gold again. He's already got 18 gold medals under his belt. But, yeah, I like I like swimming, and then I like track and field. Okay, I would say I like gymnastics and the diving. Gymnastics is cool. I, I do like gymnastics. Simone Biles is a beast. I hope she dominates. Beast mode. Diving, I, en- I enjoy. Actually, no, I do like diving now that I think about it synchronized diving is like whatever but when they get off the like the the 10 meter platform where they're standing 27 stories above the water and then do 967 flips before jumping into the pool that That is is impressive i can't do it i can't dive to save my life i belly flop every time i know how to dive but when they off the diving board i do know how to dive off the diving board, and it's like good a legitimate dive yeah see i'm not all you have to do is jump straight up in the air put your hands in front of your face Break but the water with your hands reason, so you don't I fly. Don't, I don't quite, I don't get the angle right. Or you can <laughs> jump out. That's an easier way. There's the vertical dives. Okay, and but every like time that. it results in you just like getting the wind smacked out of me. You were a dancer. Your coordination should be much, much it's better. It's only on the dance floor, apparently. That's embarrassing. Yeah, we gotta, it didn't, we gotta doesn't get, translate. We got to get your dive game. We'll go to the local community pool. And we yeah. will jump off the little platforms and diving boards and, and we'll get you scored away. Yeah, I tried the pool last week and had an unfortunate experience. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the pool. I was babysitting, as you guys know. Uh, and it went well. It went better than expected. I knew I would have a good time, but I thought it would be a little more stressful than it was. My goddaughter is so easy. She's so lovable. And we just hung out. She really just wanted to spend time with me. So anyway, we are going to the pool, we're walking, and I mean, probably about an hour before we, before the events occurred, (laughs) (laughs) 
I felt something smack into my head. And I thought it was like a tree nut or something. We were by trees. I'm like, oh, trees hit me in the head. Uh, or a tree nut hit me. So anyway, we're in the pool. We're hanging out. My goddaughter says, you have a bug in your hair. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> don't panic. And then she goes, oh, no, no, it's a bow. I know I didn't put a bow in my head. <laughs> so a bug to a bow. Yes. Then she goes, no, it's a bug. And I go, okay. And I go to fill it. And it's this big, hard thing that when I pull on it, didn't move. And it's large. So I'm just like. <laughs> Stay calm. Yeah. Like, let me just chill out. <laughs> All of a sudden, my goddaughter starts screaming. And she's a six-year-old girl. So she's like going to town in the pool, splashing around. Like, so then my natural reaction, because I am a 26-year-old a, a female, <laughs> is to scream like I'm a six-year-old. I start asking all the other mothers around the pool, like, hey, I have something in my hair. Can you help me? They're backing up. They're all going towards the edges like I'm a pariah. I I didn't know what to do. Finally, there's a lifeguard. And he's, you know, he, he told me to turn around. He goes, oh, it's just a beetle. It's harmless. You're okay. And he pulls it out my head. But it was one of those huge, those Jack, Japanese beetles. You those know, the big green, green ones. things. Yeah, that hit you in the head all the time. No, but and actually, I've just, never been hit in the head. Oh, they, the they'll hit you. Supposedly, they're blind. I haven't done my research on them, so don't quote me on that. But I believe they're blind. So they just hit stuff. But this one hung out. I'm actually surprised. Even though you had your, your screaming moment, I'm surprised you didn't pass out have a come to Jesus moment and then was sent back down to earth because you and bugs and spiders. The reason why I had to keep it together was because I had to be the adult in the situation. I had a kid with me. So I was like, okay, I have to take care of this, which, which gives me more hope now. We, last week, right, we should, last week we're a little I bit said, nervous. I like being the kid. I really, I, I still feel that way. I'm so not, you're capable of being adult when there's kids present. I'm capable. I think what I discovered from, from my weekend wasn't that I mean parenting I'm sure is hard when you're doing it full-time like let's be honest we I had her for a day and a night and then a little bit of a day and it wasn't even 24 hours right and then I sent her home (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest about that but I think a lot of it is a lot of the tiring work is having to be constantly engaged I see how people stop paying attention to themselves and and it's easy to to immerse yourself in this little being because they're discovering so many things for the first time they're learning they're you know they're fun but yeah it's it's a different it's a different way of living for sure of course it's you're responsible for another human's being right that's a it's a very difficult i won't say difficult i actually yeah let's go with difficult a tall task that is required of you so yes, it's going to completely alter your life when that person is fully dependent on what you're doing right. to make their life go. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I liked it. It was good. I still need a couple years. Well, we, well we're, yeah. in, we're in no rush. Yeah. <laughs> we're in no rush to get there. Years. We want to enjoy a little bit. But I would say the best part of the babysitting, my end, was that she kept asking where her Uncle Justin was. She did, like all day. And I kept telling her because Justin was working that weekend and he wasn't sure if he was going to come home. And he ended up coming back, but I kept telling her all day, he's not coming home tonight, you're going to have to see him next time. And she just kept asking. Well, I originally wasn't going to come home. I know. Until Joy FaceTimed me. And fellas, y'all know when your woman gives you the look where it's just like either, oh shit, (laughs) 
or you're going to you're going to cooperate and that's the end of the conversation. I we did we had one of those moments. Where I was like I have a long way. We had a 30-hour weekend. I don't want to drive back Did to you LA. really come home because of the book? Of course. So had I texted you and said like you don't have to? I would 100% would have stayed in Orange County. No question. Uh no question. No, you don't say you're bad. You act like you apologize. No, I'm You're going to say my bad for something when you had full intent when I told you multiple times that I didn't want to come back. No, I really am. <laughs> so do not even, don't even come, don't, whatever, whatever this lie that you're going to say, save it. No. Well, I no, I will say I, I did think to text you to say don't worry about it, especially when she got here a little later than expected. But I'm really happy that you did end up coming home because no, I think you guys it, had some special It was a good decision. We, we, we were able to have fun. We made our own pizzas. It was enjoyable. I'm glad that I came back so we could hang out. Although I did have to wake up earlier and then drive back to work in the early hours of the morning. But again, the, the little things you do for love, you just got to sacrifice sleep. I guess I'm getting ready for when you have a <laughs> yeah, child. Well, we have a child because every parent has said the thing you're going to sacrifice most is your sleep. One thing she was obsessed with was the Barbie show on Netflix. Trash. Terrible. Horrendous. Awful. Yeah, Jess and I were watching this like, um, is this for real? It was it was like Real Housewives, but Barbie style. Like, not a very... It was just uh, trash. Like that, right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, I don't, we, don't watch, we don't watch kids programming right. in this household. So when she came, was so adamant. I've always heard about, oh, Barbie. Okay, it's cool. It's Barbie. Right. We watched this and the the subliminal messaging that was being sent oh, from definitely the body shaming, yeah, the misogyny, the bullying, and there were so many messages just in the first episode. And I'm like, is anyone else watching this bullshit with, besides right. me? And these right. are what little girls, young young girls, four, five, six, seven years old are watching. And this was just episode one. And she was obsessed with it. She loved it. So, you know, she's taking it in. It just it, it, it made me very concerned when we had our own child. I was like, hell, maybe they will be watching sports with me all the time. Yeah, you really got to pay attention. Or just be out in the field chilling something because I was I was very alarmed. Now, granted, this could just be one show and not all of them are like that. But it, it painted oh, no, a pretty sure, scary yeah. brush for me. I just didn't expect to see Well, because Barbie, so it's wildly popular. So you would think they would take care of my child's morality. Not morality, but just like everything. But it just goes to show you can't let TV or anything no, else TV raise can't your children. Raise your, yeah, it's exactly. just the messaging that was, was sent was being very strong. And, and who knows at six how they're interpreting that. It's much different for you and I being older. Right. We can pick up on those messages fairly quickly, and I'm sure most of those messages go over her head, but still. But that's scary, too, that she's taking in something and not even realizing. Because I, I, I'm a firm believer in everything you ingest manifests some way. Yeah. and it's It's funny you say that because I just made the comment to you that I think I have to rid myself of watching all these videos of young men and young women being killed, whether oh, it's by yeah, police, yeah. whether it's by someone else. I, I can't I can't stomach this stuff anymore. No. That there was just a, a new video that was released and I, I told Joy, I can't watch this. And I and I don't I don't want to not watch it because I want to be able to have an opinion on the on the topic and on the subject. But again, to back to, to Joy's point is when you ingest all this, it's going to manifest itself in a different way. Right. And I just think I'm at that point of I just can't manifest this anger, this fright, because that's what, literally what it makes me. There's anger, there's frustration, there's disappointment. 
all yeah. these negative feelings that just yeah. manifest inside my chest. And I'm like, honestly, I can't, I can't live like this. I, I really, right. I really don't know how many more of these videos I can watch. I, I just hope that there's another. I, I'm also done. There's no way. Yeah, the problem is that there's, there's no positive takeaway. They don't bring on hope like, okay, this happened and now we're going to do better or anything. Like this is just, it's straight up, this is what's happening and we don't have a solution yet. So well, it's kind of like. Well, the positive uh, takeaway is, is the continued dialogue between multiple parties, those who may be on one side of the fence against those who are, who, who agree or disagree. So right. it, that is the positive but part. But I think is on this cre- side of the fence, maybe we don't need to watch it. Anymore. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I, I really, I'm really just trying to to just clear myself of, of all of it. I mean, even to the music that you listen to, I mean, I listen to ratchet ass music, <laughs> not all the time. I, I am an R and B guy. I've been trying to be cognizant of that too. Cause but, I was kind of, re- I went off the deep end for a little bit. Yeah. And there's just some real ratchet ass music that <laughs> that's, that's being made now. Well, it, last night, but like, the beat is so good. The beat, is, the beat is good. When you go to the clubs, it, it, it's enjoyable. Well, that's it. As right. I said, last night I had a moment. You guys were out. I was sitting on the couch, had Tyrese radio playing, chilling air on one lamp r&b and i was just in my happy place i was like see this is what i need i got to find more moments of happiness and that's just in the simplicity of the of the small things so i was like you got to just i gotta i gotta work on that i gotta rid myself of the of the negativity speaking of positivity harry potter for those of you who do not know i am in love with harry potter and love might be an understatement. I'm in love with J.K. Rowling, the author, but I'm just, I have, it's not even an obsession. I feel like Harry Potter is a community. I My face is just like. You say it's not an obsession, but when we went to I, the Harry Potter land. It's not an obsession. Land, it's a love. Like, I have a genuine love for these stories, for these characters, for this world. You cried when we went to Harry Potter Real Land tears. at Universal Studios. This is yeah. on video. Yeah. Cried. Real it's tears. It's amazing. It's just not that serious. Because you don't expect, you know, I I I want to write I I'm, I'm going to be a novelist, right? So that's long term for me. So to be a storyteller and a, a consumer of stories, so to see something that you read in a book when you were younger come to life is amazing. I mean, it's amazing. I, I don't even, and I mean it is not an exaggerated, everybody says everything's amazing nowadays, but that is truly, it's awe-inspiring. On Sunday, I read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It's a play, for those of you who do not know, not a book, uh, it's not the eighth Harry Potter book, but it was really nice to get a glimpse into that world again, because once the series was over, you didn't think you'd hear from Harry, Ron, and Hermione ever again. What is the book about? Because you know, I don't read it. <laughs> I have not read it. So the play is about Harry it's Potter. It's a play in a book. It's a book, damn it. No, it's not. Because if you say it's a book, people are expecting the structure to be like that. Look, I'm going to show you. So the play is about Harry Potter's son, Albus Potter. And he basically, he, he oh, I don't want to spoil anything. He gets into a different house than Harry. He's just kind of, he's not a reject child, but he's not, he doesn't feel like he's living out to his father's image. Like imagine being Michael Jordan's son trying to play basketball and like you just suck, right? I'm very impressed because that was literally what I was going to pull out of my pocket and really? compared it to a basketball analogy. 
High five, baby. I, I was you. literally waiting to pull. I was like, yeah, just like being Michael Jordan's son. And there you took it right yeah. off my tongue. I, Kudos to I you. I got you. Yeah, see? Progress. Look, you could be a book nerd and a sports fan-ish. <laughs> no, stop, stop. I could be sports fan-ish. That's the thing. Like, I know the important players. Okay. Back to Harry. I digress. Or Alvis. Uh, so it's about him and his friend Scorpius, who is, I can say this, this isn't a huge spoiler, uh, Draco Malfoy's son. And they become like besties. So that's what the story's about. And, you know, trouble ensues and they have to solve an issue that they create. Where would you Time rank Time travel's this, involved. Where would you rank this eighth book in comparison to it's all It's not an eighth book. <laughs> where would you recommend the eighth you installment of Harry Potter in comparison to the previous seven? Well, I wouldn't. That's the thing. Is It really is just a glimpse back into the world. But because it's a play, you can't compare it. Like, the other books beast on this because they're books so it's just on its own little island. yeah is this like exactly it's like here's the harry potter states of jk rowling and then there is harry potter and the cursed child island like it, it's tiny got it yeah like this, it's separate but we still love it and also my mother-in-law thank you mother-in-law mill aka mill uh she got me the eight book set of the harry potter series which is really sweet I have them, but we moved out of my childhood home. I don't know where my books are now, so this is a treat for me. I'm very excited. I'm I thought there was only seven books in the Harry Potter series. Oh, I'm sorry. I said eight, huh? Yeah. Because there's eight films. Ah. Damn it. I said eight. I keep saying so eight. So you're not a true Harry Potter fan. Do you not even say know that. how many books there are. No, I do. I Boo, do. you've lost your Harry Potter I, strikes. No, I, I deserve That's. I literally turned around and said, I remember looking at that. I'm pretty sure there's only seven no, books No, there are the only series. seven books. Ugh. That is just... You should be embarrassed. Yeah, 10 if, points from Gryffindor. If I had a spell, <laughs> Specto Patronus, I'm, I'm casting a spell upon Expecto you. Specto Patronum. Oh, okay. And well, that is to get rid of Dementors. Am I a Dementor? I have no idea. I was just it's trying to... Things that suck at your soul. Maybe I am. <laughs> well, hell, I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I, I should learn that. Harry, J.K. Rowling, can you come teach me how to, how to do that? Yeah. Expecto Patronum. You got way too excited. I'm very that. excited. I have my wand out. <laughs> She's literally <laughs> holding her wand. I'm gonna I, go. I have. Now. I have a wand too. Yeah. Say. Say Wingardium. No, uh, I'm not. Yeah. We're not getting into into role play or cosplay <laughs> with Harry Potter on the podcast. You don't even know how pumped I am. I can't believe I've been saying there's eight books. Like, where did that come from? Shame. Yeah. We, we were Your fandom is now officially in question. I know. Like, I gotta take my shirt off. I got my Harry Potter shirt. I gotta take all my books back. <laughs> Take this wand back. I don't deserve them. Get it's my Gryffindor. One day when we visit London, we can go back. to the actual Harry Potter world. I do. I want to go to the play. This play. Has oh, there's happened. an actual play? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I thought she just wrote a play. I didn't know it was actually being acted no. out somewhere. Yeah. So this was released, I think, the day after the play debuted. And it was, it's J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter's birthday. God. And it. I read it in a day because I wanted to read it on the special day that was the queen's birthday glad to see your your <laughs> harry potter love runs deep staying on the topic of love and not the oh so obsessive way that joy shares with with harry potter a friend of ours reached out i'd put on snapchat earlier today I was like mm, what can we talk about on the podcast today and one of our friends sent a snapchat back immediately and was like you guys need to talk about being young and having friends around you getting married 
when you can't even get somebody to respond back to one of your text messages. And I just started cracking up. I was like, yo, it's so real. It's just tough out here in these streets. I, I was talking to a friend of ours, a different friend, talking about dating. And, and I really just told him, I, was like, I wouldn't know what to do if I was single in today's world. Like, how do you, how do you, you date and maneuver? And, and it came to us because I introduced him to someone. And I was like, if somebody lobbed that up to me and said, hey, Jay, here's somebody I want you to meet. Like, now you need to initiate the phone call or conversation. I literally wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, and how do like, I do that? Do I pick up the phone and say, hi, hello? I mean, like, what do you do? I just well, feel like yeah. it's so different. Of course you do that. But I'm just linking back to how awkward I am. I'm just like, damn, I really feel for some people. Yeah, I mean, I, that's but that's the the blessing and curse of dating. I think the fun part about dating is it's limitless possibility, right? So, but then that's also the downside. You can meet some really cool people and some really whack people, and the really whack people can be interested in you, and the really cool people could not be. So it's like the ultimate toss up. But I, I think it's interesting that she says, you know, my friends are getting married, but I can't get a text back. Is that, I mean, are those comparable are the, things? No, I don't think, I think they're, they're com- not two completely <laughs> different conversations. And right. people's journey to marriage is, is very different. Some people get lucky and meet their significant other when they're 18, 19, right. 20 years old. Some people meet them at 30. Some people meet them at 40. And also, too, there's a level of focus that comes into play. I think some people are not looking for love at a certain time in their mid-20s. Yeah. They just want to focus on their career or focus on finishing right. school. So they reject the idea of a of a partner. And sometimes they're looking too hard for it. There's something about being desperate. When you're going after a dream or going after something you want, when you're really, really moving too hard, you just notice that you can't ever grasp anything. So it's a, it's a, it's a combination. And I think in, in her case, her friend just happened to meet somebody at the time in her life that was right for her. Our all paths are, are different, but I don't think you can, right. you should be discouraged at the fact that there are people around you getting married because there are people around us who are out here buying homes. And I'm like, shit, I can't even yeah. think about one second no. about buying a home. Absolutely not. Well, they're, they're, everyone makes different moves. People yeah. look at us like, oh, look at you guys. You're doing so great. Yeah, shit. I'm trying to save. I don't <laughs> know how we're going to buy a house. Hell, I don't even know how we're going to afford to have kids. All these different things, but some people who don't have necessarily what we have have all the answers about housing, about saving, about stocks, and about right. finances. So we all we just all move on a, on a different path. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. But what would your advice be for you can't get a text back? Somebody's not texting you back. What's your advice for that? Unfortunately, I don't have an answer to that. The reality is, is the dating pool, how men are being raised, and how we're taught to engage with women today. It's just awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, but if someone's not texting you back, I would just assume that means they're not interested. That's kind of where I am. Like, Oh, okay. You're not texting me back. You're not interested on to the next. Like that would be, but that te- takeaway. I have a whole nother issue with texting and this goes back to right. You argument. can't start a relationship off texting Anyway, this has been an ongoing debate with my former roommate in college talking about courting via text messaging. I just there is no such thing. I'm just old You're school. You're not courting. You're sidelining. I know like, that's. I know text messaging is a, no. is a very popular way of communicating. I text all the time. I text for work. I 
texting, don't get me wrong, is a very great source of communication. Yeah. But just in the dating process, if texting is your primary means of communication, yeah. I just don't think you can really establish something very good. Now, if you guys are texting throughout the day while you're at work and you can't mm-hmm. talk, I got you. I understand that. But when you get home at 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night and you guys are continually texting and not really talking on the phone, I just... Yeah, like what are you doing? We're just we're so dependent on text messages and yeah. text messages are hard to decode. Yeah, especially if you don't know the person, like getting to know somebody over text is not getting to know somebody because we're all, we're all different on text message. Yeah, and we're just using emojis to communicate how we feel. Right. Like, okay, here, this is what I'm saying, but let yeah. me add these emojis. It's just not right. Like you don't know this person's real. tone. Like, yeah, no, you got, you got to really speak to people. I just, I, and really, face to face, on the phone, going on an actual date. Like, yeah, I think people just don't really want to invest in people anymore. I 100% agree. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it just takes work. Yeah. And there's so many distractions out there. We have every day. I mean, Instagram just added Insta stories now. Yeah. So they're a carbon copy of Snapchat. And now that's another sub, another distraction that you're going to have when scrolling through Instagram. We can't just go up and down. Now we're playing stories yeah. and then wasting more time on Snapchat. Right. Our heads are so constantly down. And really establishing a true connection requires your head to be up right. and eye contact to be made. Mm-hmm. That is like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. And that's probably why they're not texting back. People don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah. Like we're not, there's, there's just no classes are being taught. And not like actually they go sign up for this class. Like you're enrolling into a college course, but really there's just the, the social etiquette of, of how to be a gentleman, how to be a lady. It just almost doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And I'm not even old, but call me old school in that, in that fashion. It's just, it's bad. And I'll talk to my single friends and, and how they engage and they talk. And I'm just looking like, huh? What the hell are you guys doing? Like, I don't even understand right. this shit. But see, that's the thing is we can't say if we were single, would we be doing it differently? Would we know the secret, if you will, if we weren't on this side of the fence? This is another fence, right? If we weren't on this side of things. Would we know? Would we be doing the same exact thing? Because I don't know. Is it that we just knew better or is it that we found each other at an age where those things didn't have to apply yet? We were seeing each other all the time we had face-to-face interaction we didn't have to text it didn't take me a lot of effort to see you and vice versa so you know would we be any different it's a combination of both and their personalities would have uniquely found a way to get into somebody's relationship because that's just who who we are (laughs) as individuals but i would say we would be affected in a fashion if we didn't meet at at our age i I would say it's definitely a, a combination of the two but it's just, it's just bad. I, I, I really, I, feel, I just feel for people. I've, it's men and women alike. Because I've talked to, there's men out there who are like, man, like, what is going on? Like, I'm just trying to find a lady and yeah, I, and I can't. Yeah, you hear from both sides. You hear from both sides. Yeah. And, I, and, and really what the answer is, is, we just need to put the phones down. We need to right. put the phones down. And yes, that's the way you communicate. But set up some dates. Go to coffee. Have, yeah. do something. Right. Like we, you have to feel it. You got to create that emotional right. attachment and, and nobody's right. creating these emotional attachments. Now, now we're creating emoji attachments. Right. And I think the other thing that meeting in person does is that, you know, pretty early on whether or not you, there's a connection over text because you're constantly trying to decipher. I mean, we're human beings. We, we know what is it within like six seconds, whether or not how we or we, we make judgments quickly when you meet somebody, when you see how they communicate with their eyes, their body language, their voice. You need all those things to decipher whether or not something's going to work. Like on a text message, you're just kind of like, I don't know what this means. Oh, he sent me a wiki face. That must mean he means he really likes me. And then you don't get a text back for a while. 
and it's like, oh, maybe he didn't really like me. Then you're thinking about it too much. Whereas if you just would have met face to face, but then that's the thing. Is anybody really trying to meet you face to face? No. Yeah. But yeah, I, actually, I, I I take that back because I just said you Somebody hear from is. you hear from both sides. People want to meet. I just it, it, everything is just so convoluted now. Yeah. And the ways in which we go about having conversations are so against creating intimate connections. And for that, you have people who are just sitting here on the outside like, damn, like how do, how do I navigate this complex system? Right. Whereas before, even 10 years ago, it didn't exist like that. Yeah. Think back to 2007 when we were freshmen in college. It, it, it was very, very different. Right, right. And I'm also wondering if people are just simply attracted to the wrong person. So if you're constantly not getting a text back, Maybe you're constantly dealing with the same type of person. That very well may be the case. And I think that goes back to the point I made earlier about just allowing yourself to move with the flow of things. When you're trying to force, when you're trying to move, it, it, it oftentimes doesn't yield the result that you want. And it requires us to continually look inward and see what we can do better. What is it that we really need it? When you come to full understanding of, of who you are, it makes sense. And I'll go back to Joy and I, we, I. We've said it so many times before. The first three and a half years of our relationship was just really tough. Because I was in a, in a constant state of, this could be my, my future, but I'm just not ready. I was also trying to figure out who I was as a person. When we broke up, I had the opportunity to really do that discovery. And when we got back together, it made all the sense of the world. But if you would have asked me before I met Joy... Was Joy the person that you thought you were going to marry as far as personality goes, how she blended with you? My answer would have been no. I would have said someone completely different, not in a negative way to Joy, but what I thought I wanted was very different from what I needed or who I needed. Right. And that just came from continual introspection. I was like, okay, this is who I am. This person really may make sense. And if they're not, if they're not vibing with you from that perspective, at that point, you just got to move on. At the end of the day, fellas, we got to do better. We can go back and forth and say, who's to blame? Who's at fault? Technology, social media, text messaging. There's a lot of rules to the, to the whole dating thing, but it all boils down to the fact we just have to do better. And as our friend said, don't invite me over for some Netflix and chill and leftover Chipotle. And the church said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends can also connect with us on social media head over to our website lovejays.com and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you next week